It's more than a linear path. It's a prism of endless possibility where a single topic can branch into many different discussions, creating opposing views from one another. We are Geeks Crossing, and we're here to give you all the best geek-related content you can ask for. Oh, that's our cute shit. (laughs) Hi, guys. I don't know what to say. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, this is uh, our What If episode. And we have a special guest here. Would you like to make yourself present? Hello, I'm back again, Chuck, and I'm glad to be back. Yes, Chuck or Charles. This is his second appearance on the podcast. Glad and to have you back, buddy. Thank you very much. And today we're talking about a, a, just a subject that is long overdue for an episode of Geeks Crossing. That being the first ever animated project of the MCU, Marvel's What If, which uh, aired on Disney Plus from August to, I believe, the beginning of October. I think it was, like, one of the longest series that they ran. And it's technically still not over, because there's going to be, like, more seasons of it and whatnot. I love What If, for the most part. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. I have mixed feelings. It's like a show that can honestly have... It could never end. It's literally What If scenarios. Yeah, it's great. It could technically have no endings. That's true. I I do think the concept lends itself to literally anything the writers want to do with it, which is pretty cool. But uh, in terms of the execution, I, I have some concerns, but we'll get to it as we go through it. What about you, Eric? What do you think about What If? I want to say it's the best show I've seen so far from the MCU. But at the same time, I really did enjoy Loki. Interesting. Okay. So what separates What If also from Loki, WandaVision, and the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and it would, spoiler alert for what's coming up next, like Hawkeye pretty much, is that those are all like pretty much one big arc. I guess What If kind of is an arc, too, especially the last, like, two episodes. But what makes What If so kind of unique is that you can pretty much just watch any episode you want, and it's, like, a self-contained story for the most part. So we can't really talk about What If as a whole until we kind of talk about What If as nine separate stories. This is pretty much going to be similar to the total drama retrospective series that Matt and I are currently doing, where we basically mm. review each episode, list our pros and cons, and then give our final verdict. Yeah, and this will probably be a lot shorter because there's only 10 episodes instead of 26. <laughs> oh, actually, there's only nine episodes. Excuse me. Wait, was there only nine episodes of What If? Oh, yeah, it's only nine. Yep, yeah, Nine, I, I forgot. Thought ten. I thought 10, too. I mean, if you believe What If, there's a parallel universe where there were 10. <laughs> uh, yeah. You never know. It's a prism of endless possibility, they say. Exactly. All right, so without further ado, let's start with the first episode. What if Captain Carter were the first Avenger? That's the first episode. Each episode is titled after the kind of concept. So in this universe, there's like a, a little bit like, a, I think it's a Hydra spy or something, injures Steve Rogers before he can take the serum. So Peggy Carter has to take it, and she becomes a super soldier instead. And everything changes. Is that the one where they make like that off-brand Iron Man armor? I'm like, it's it's been such a hot minute since I watched yes. it. Okay, yeah. okay. Yeah, so they actually get the Tesseract and they make like a big suit of armor, and and Steve Rogers gets to ride around in that. I actually thought it was a good start for What If because Captain America being the first Avenger, I feel like it's only right that Peggy Carter is the first What If scenario. Yeah, it was definitely so, a nice role reversal. And, and I feel like they shouldn't have made the Shield British. 
whatever the British flag, I believe it is, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. it made sense because she is British. I, I know, but, like, I don't, I don't know. I was like, can I keep this, keep the shield, please? No, it was, it's whatever, but. Yeah, no, I, I thought this was a, it was a decent episode. Again, I don't love this series, so this is probably one of, like, the stronger episodes, in my opinion, at least. You know, it's, it's a fairly concrete concept, you know, role reversal, like Eric said. And, yeah, if you like Peggy Carter, this is a pretty good episode. Charles, what do you think? Well, for me, it wasn't my favorite. To me, I felt like it kind of made this show to start off a little bit slower. Mm-hmm. But the other episodes, I felt like, were more exciting. I could definitely see that. After I watched it, I was just like, eh. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. okay, this is all right. But then after the other episodes, I was like, oh, wow, I'm really excited. I want to see the other episodes. Couldn't agree more, my friend. So on that note, we should move on to the next exciting episode. Yes, so what if T'Challa became a Star-Lord? As we all know... From MCU lore, Ego sent Yondu and his Ravager gang to kidnap his son Peter Quill from Earth. In this universe, though, they screw up and they accidentally take T'Challa from the outskirts of Wakanda. And T'Challa wants freedom so bad and adventure so bad, he begs them to take him. And they do. And so, flash forward like 20 years later or so, and instead of Peter Quill Star-Lord, we have T'Challa instead. This was definitely more exciting than the last episode. Yes, definitely. I really yeah. like that uh, uh, Bozeman, I believe his name is, Chadwick Bozeman. Bozeman. Sorry if I remember the name. I like that he recorded the lines for him before he passed. It was yeah. so nice hearing his voice again. As It was. It really he, recorded, was he recorded like half the episodes. No, I'm pretty sure he did all of them. I'm pretty sure he did all of yeah. them. Right? He was in half the episodes. Oh, yeah, yeah. There was a, a T'Challa in oh. pretty much like half of them. Yeah. No, this is not my least favorite episode, but I really did not like this episode. <laughs> Well, I just elaborate, Matt. I see where you guys are coming from, and it's funny because I love the Guardians of the Galaxy movies. They're by far my favorite movies in the MCU. I just thought this was so gimmicky, which I guess is kind of the point of the MCU because you could have characters fulfilling roles that they don't normally serve. But I don't know. I just thought it was so dumb how T'Challa was like so extraordinarily charismatic that he just convinces Thanos to be a good guy and like freaking, I don't know, like Nebula walking out with like beach blonde hair i was like come on this is so stupid and it's like a heist movie i found it very very stupid but i could see how it would also be funny i'm sure some people found it very cool funny seeing these characters in new ways i thought it was so dumb personally but that's just me just my opinion i will say this howard the duck and t'challa teaming up was a team up i never thought i wanted until i watched this I can wholeheartedly agree with that. <laughs> even though it was only, at most, five minutes. Maybe not even five minutes. Hey, that's good enough for me. I did not like Nebula with, bl- like, blonde hair thinking about it now that Matt brought it up. It's so weird seeing it, like, blonde on blue. Hey, just look silly. at Sonic. <laughs> yeah, whatever, Sonic sucks. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> did you guys like Thanos as a good guy? I thought it was funny. Okay. It was like, oh, half the population does work. And, like, he's actually trying to, like, instead of actually using force, he's trying to actually reason, his, like, for his cause. And I'm like, okay. Seeing Thanos chill at the bar, acting all reasonable, that had me laughing. Okay, well, I'm glad you guys liked it, because I personally, I hated it, but if it brought joy to you guys, then I'm happy. It's a goofy episode, which, hey, I'm not complaining. It's nice to have one of those episodes in shows that are supposed to be meant to be taken seriously, you know? Yeah, I should say a problem I find with, like, which is why I think I don't like What If that much, is that since every episode is self-contained, for me, this is what it felt like, at least. It feels like they're squeezing in, like, MCU movie writing, but 
they have to like adjust it from the usual like two and a half hours to like 26 minutes and I think it suffers as a result. Everything seems a lot more rushed. The pacing's really weird. The editing's really weird. Everyone has to have like a freaking like stupid quip every five seconds just to make. I don't know. That's what I. That was my experience with What If. Uh, not all of it, but with some of it. Um, and this is another episode where I I found that the first two episodes at least I kind of was just like eh. But um, again, you know, just my opinion. <laughs> but I didn't like this episode. On that note, we'll move on to episode three. What if the world lost its mightiest heroes? As Nick Fury, uh, the director of S.H.I.E.L.D., is going around trying to form the Avengers like he was doing during the events of Iron Man 2, you know, uh, Thor, they all start inexplicably dying one by one. And Nick Fury has to figure out what the heck is going on. Well, technically, Nick Fury and Natasha Romanoff uh, have to figure out what on earth is going on and find the culprit. It's kind of like a whodunit as all of the Avengers are killed. I don't know what to say about this one. I did not predict that ending. Me neither, and honestly, I felt like it was kind of... Uh, God, I feel like I'm being so negative, but I feel like they should have hinted at it a little bit better earlier yeah. on, because it legitimately comes out of absolutely nowhere. Charles, what do you think? Um, Again, not one of my favorites, but it was like an interesting episode showing like the Avengers actually dying. Mm-hmm. And I do like how they use Loki, though, in the episode. Oh, yeah. I forgot about... Okay, that sums up my thoughts exactly, I think. I thought the concept was really, really cool. Execution, maybe, I wasn't a big fan of. And I do like how they included Loki in there and how no one could stop him. <laughs> I thought that was a pretty cool Seriously, twist. Seriously, yeah. Yeah. Cool, you helped us find the culprit. What are you going to do about our invasion? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not his problem. True. Very interesting to see what happens when Earth, indeed, loses its mightiest heroes. But, you know... There's still greater episodes, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. This is, yeah. I think this is a like kind of middle of the pack, maybe a decent episode for me. There, there's some better ones. What if really starts off on an interesting track? It really doesn't really pick up that well. No, it doesn't. No, I, I'm I really hate episode two and one and three are just like okay, like eh, to me at least. But uh, any other thoughts about this episode? Uh, yeah, I think I'm good. Yeah. Bye. Cool. Uh, oh, I should say, I think it ends on a cliffhanger, right? Like how Nick Fury, uh, he finds Steve Rogers and he summons uh, Captain Marvel. So I guess we'll see more of this universe in the future. But let's blaze forward to episode four. What if Doctor Strange lost his heart instead of his hands? In which Oof. Doctor Strange, in the actual Doctor Strange movie, loses control of his hands. He's a skilled surgeon. He's ruined. He, has to, he you know, eventually goes down the track of sorcery. In this case, his hands are fine. But his girlfriend, or is it his fiance, or something like that, she's the one who dies in the car accident. And he starts going down this dark magic path to try and find a universe where she will not die. This episode was awesome. This was an amazing episode. Yeah. yeah. Holy cow. Love it. I absolutely love Doctor Strange since his debut in 2016. So seeing him go down that path was so interesting. Honestly, it was probably my favorite episode. I was going to say, it's this or one other episode might come close, but I honestly think this is the strongest episode of the whole show. Like This is this or the finale, you know, I'm jumping the gun. For me, it's this or the episode right before the finale. It really shows the consequences of seeking self-gratification. Mm-hmm. Her dying is a, I forgot what the proper term was, a nexus effect. Like, it's something yeah, that's like meant a nexus to happen. Event. Something, that, something that you can't change. And if you change it, it's going to cause the whole universe to go in balance, or in this case, corrupt it, you know? Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to lie to you. 
I did laugh every now and then with seeing how his girlfriend kept dying. I was like, yo, how many times is this bitch going to die? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no, it is kind of funny with how many times they killed her off. Yeah. He literally but tried everything. Also- oh, I'm just going to turn into the left lane. Oh, no, I'll drive. Let's not, We're not go going. Let's, go, yeah. let's go get some pizza. <laughs> There's so We're many not- scenarios and she still dies. I'm laughing just by thinking about it because it's so ridiculous, but it works yep. given the story they were trying to tell. Yeah, it's crazy. And what we know about the MCU with Loki and how fate works, which is pretty much everything is fated to happen. It's kind of creepy, at least to me thinking about that, that she's always going to die in this universe. and There's nothing anyone can do about it. So he literally becomes like almost like a dark god with his levels of magic. He studies for like decades that other guy he meets gets, like, really old and dies, so, like, naturally. That's how long he's been studying. Then the universe actually branched again, and he has to fight, like, the good Doctor Strange. It's so crazy. That episode introduces the idea that the Watcher can actually intervene. Yeah. I know he's, like, not supposed to, but we yeah. see in that episode that he comes and he's like, Yo, you can stop this. Help me. And he's like, No. <laughs> cannot intervene. That was a big thing. We kind of always thought that the Watcher, we were just kind of watching with him. But nah, he's a character. Alright, so episode 5. What if zombies? From what I understand, again, I never read the comics, but this is one of the most famous what-ifs from the comics is Marvel Zombies. I think it's like a whole mini-series. They do comics on what if Marvel Zombies all the time. Pretty much exactly what it sounds like. Marvel Universe, but there's a zombie virus, so now there's super-powered zombies. And that's for the most part, what we get here, uh, a little ragtag group of survivors, roughly around the time right before Infinity War starts, and they have to try to find the zombie cure, or like the, the quantum virus cure, so they have to travel to like Wakanda, this little ragtag group. I thought it was uh, cool. It's getting its own miniseries now, or TV series. Is it really? Really? Yeah, yeah on Disney, Pl- uh, yeah, Disney, Disney Plus announced. Day or whatever, oh, they announced yeah. Marvel Zombies. Okay. I don't know if it's going to be a continuation where it's exactly where it left off or if it's a whole new idea i would be surprised if it was the latter yeah because they could branch this idea into a whole series mm-hmm. or like future events per se this episode was very disappointing to me i was really excited for it and i just thought the tone was so off what i loved it i thought it was great well i it, forgot who was left to survive in that episode at the end it was um iron man yeah, oh yeah black panther and the head of Ant-Man. The Futurama head. That's what pisses me off about this episode. Is it, I feel like the pacing is so weird. Where you'll have characters... that Me and my brother Brandon like watched this together. And we like were shouting at how stupid it was. For, for us at least. When Sharon Carter becomes a zombie. And they have to like blow her up. And some guy... I don't remember who it was. But they're just like... Oh no, I'm covered in Sharon. It's like... Why are you joking? Like your friend just got eviscerated in front of you. Like, when Scott Lang is telling freaking, like, wisecracks when his friends are getting mauled by zombies to death. The writing was all over the place, and I did not like it. How they were trying to be, like, all quirky and fun, like, oh, yeah, Peter Parker's ten ways to survive the zombie apocalypse. That fits his character, like, stuff. Yeah, okay, that, I guess I'll give you that one, but I just, I don't know. I feel like they try to be too funny. Yeah, 100% they do. Yeah, thinking about it now, I agree with you guys. Like, I get it, you want to have a nice balance between humor and seriousness, but the balance was off, in my opinion. Yeah, sometimes you're just too much. I don't want to be the party pooper. I feel like I'm literally <laughs> sitting here being like, I hate every episode. But I'm trying not to. I'll, I'll be positive. I'll say some positives, too. I thought the format, how they did it was pretty cool, how they had a bunch of MCU characters who'd never really interacted before hanging out. 
I really, really loved the stuff with Vision and Wanda in this episode. That's another point I kind of want to bring up. You're telling me that the strongest Avenger in, like, the current MCU we have now is the one that turns into a zombie? Like, like I, I don't understand how she can be strong, like, hold off Thanos, but, like, can't take down zombies. Well, it's just, like, one bite's all it takes. So it could have just ca- like... caught her by surprise. Science. <laughs> but, no, I really liked that stuff. I don't think we're going to see any more of uh, zombie Wanda for reasons we'll get to in the finale. But, um, yeah, pretty cool stuff. Now, if Vision got bit, would he turn into a zombie? He can't. He's artificial intelligence. Yeah. yeah. So, no, he's safe. Speaking of safe, let's move on to episode six. What if Killmonger rescued Tony Stark? As we know, I guess this is probably how the episode was inspired. We know Killmonger fought in the Afghanistan war, and we know that Tony Stark was visiting Afghanistan at the beginning of Iron Man 1. So there's this parallel timeline where he gets rescued immediately, never really makes the uh, Iron Man suit, never really becomes Iron Man, and he becomes buddy-buddies with Killmonger, who is still evil, and uses his newfound power to kind of uh, climb up the ropes in both Stark Industries and his kingdom of Wakanda. It's been a hot minute since I've seen the first Iron Man movie. Because I was like, oh yeah, Obadiah, you were a thing for like (laughs) one movie. Apparently he might come back. That would be kind of cool if he came back. Or no, no, uh, I don't know if it's him or if it's the other guy. Because I'm pretty sure Obadiah dies in space. Yeah, I was just going to say, I was pretty sure he got crushed to death. The dude in, uh, in the second movie. Oh, the electric guy? Whiplash? No, the guy who, like, funded him. Oh, uh, Hammer, Hammer. Yes. Yeah. Hammer might make an appearance again in the future. Very Um, interesting. But what did you think of, uh, what if Killmonger rescued Tony Stark? Honestly, I didn't care for it. Thank you. Yeah, I'm very indifferent towards it. I think I found out what the problem was, because both of my brothers loved it, and a lot of people I talked to love it. I think if you like Killmonger a lot, which there are some people in the MCU, and I know because I've talked to them, who say Killmonger is one of the greatest MCU villains of all time. Personally, I just don't see it. But some people will fight to the death, be like, no, he's really well written, his motives are so cool, his writing is so great, he does all this cool stuff, blah, 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 blah. And if you feel that way, I bet you love this episode. But if you don't, if you think he's just okay, or you're indifferent to him as a character, this episode's going to be really boring. And that's personally what I thought. Because I never really was the hugest fan of Killmonger, so... This is kind of just like Killmonger's wet dream where everything goes right for him. And it's just like, okay, cool. Good for Killmonger, I guess. It's basically fan service. Yeah. It's like, oh, yeah. You know that character you guys really liked as a villain? Well, what if you won? Yeah. <laughs> then again, the whole show is fan service when you really think about it. True. But some is more. Some episodes are more fan service than others. Like this one, I think, is one. Zombies where you could tell, oh, yeah, we know the fans want this. So we're going to make it. Whereas other episodes, like, for example, one that we're going to talk about next, come out of absolutely nowhere. Or the T'Challa is Star-Lord one. What but, do you think, Charles? Again, I'm going to be uh, a little negative, but not one of my favorites. <laughs> I don't know. It was okay. I mean, you know, it's pretty cool uh, seeing him again. But the next one is my favorite, the one with Thor. Really? That's my favorite. So oh are, my we ready, are we ready to go up to that one? I am. Sure, I'm excited. This episode was great. What if Thor was an only child? So basically, there's never a Loki. or There is a Loki, but he doesn't get adopted by Odin. So Thor never learns to, like, rein in his, you know, out-of-control, larger-than-life attitudes, personality. He's not humbled by his scheming brother. So as a result, he's kind of this out-of-control, very hedonistic kind of party animal. 
And he throws this huge party on Midgar while his mother's away. And shenanigans ensue. This, I love this episode. And this is like an episode, Mike, where it can be fun. Because that's just how it is. Thor was wild. He was throwing some wild, raging parties. It got a little too wild. And, you know, uh, it, now he needed his mom to come down to Earth to yell at him. <laughs> and that was basically the whole episode, you know? And mind you, it, Thor is a god. And seeing him act this way... It's just so surreal but hilarious at the same time. Exactly. Yeah. I, well, I thought it was great. It. Yeah, I liked I the fight between him and Captain Marvel. Like, I don't oh, like man. Brie Larson at all. And she's like, yeah, I could definitely lift the hammer. And what if she didn't? She wasn't able to lift the hammer? And I was like, ha, screw you. I don't like you. Yeah, like, yeah, like, like fuck you. <laughs> yeah. Brandon, said, uh, Brandon said a funny episode or a good episode of what if would be what if Captain Marvel had a personality. <laughs> I mean, he's not wrong. <laughs> I just don't like her. One. I haven't. I still haven't seen that movie, but um, it's like whatever. I don't really care for her that much. Yeah, you're not hey. missing much. <laughs> That's what I hear. Um, I really did not like this episode, but I'm not gonna talk too much about it because. Oh my god, Matt! <laughs> is there an episode that you do like? <laughs> yes. No, I loved the Doctor Strange one. We're gonna get to some episodes that I really like. I think I would rather have like this, like kind of just a funny episode. Instead of episodes that are supposed to be serious and just randomly try to be funny, like the zombies one. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. so that makes sense. That makes sense to me. Personally, though, I don't know if it's just the... I'm not a big fan of the Marvel humor being squished into a 30 minutes instead of an, two hours, like I said. I don't know. I, none of the jokes really got me. I thought Thor was kind of... An, well, not really annoying, but the concept didn't make a whole lot of sense to me. I thought it was a little silly that it was just, like, an 80s movie where, like, oh, no, mommy's coming to bust a party. But I guess that's part of the fun. So I, I can definitely see the enjoyment from this episode. That's where Marvel did. It wasn't a serious episode. Yeah. Although it does end on one of the most terrifying cliffhangers. Yes. <laughs> I forget the cliffhanger. Jane Foster and Thor are hanging out, like, at the, her truck, and they're like, oh, this is going to be, uh, like, it. Now we're going to, like, hang out and be girlfriend and boyfriend now. And then, like, a portal opens up and Ultron comes out. Oh, yes. My God. The second to last episode. What if Ultron won? So, in the universe that we know, Ultron barely is unable to get Vision's body. Um, the heroes are able to create the Vision with the Mind Stone and that body. And uh, he's able to be a good guy and help stop Ultron. But in this universe, Ultron is able to get that, you know, uh, sort of new body, new host. And with the power of the Mind Stone, is able to pretty much use a computer army, hack into uh, almost every computer in the world, launch nukes, and decimate all life on Earth. Yeah, and then Thanos steps through the portal. He's immediately defeated. And now, all of a sudden, this guy has access to all of the Infinity Stones. Once you saw Thanos get eviscerated, that's when you know shit's about to get real. Because mm -hmm. he completely dominated not just Earth, but almost the entire universe. This is my close second favorite episode of this whole show. I like the finale. I'm going to get to why I would say probably not my top two. I just love what they did with Ultron, how he destroys all life in the universe, like horrifying. And then he becomes so self-aware that he's able to sense the Watcher and he just breaks into the multiverse. It was oh, so crazy, so cool. That's breaking the fourth wall on a whole new level. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> yeah. yeah, literally. Literally. So many ideas rush through your head when you're watching this. Like, where's the uh, TVA? Like, would would he break into the TVA? Would that happen? Like, what's going on? Oh, yeah. 
I didn't even think about that. Yeah, like, shouldn't there theoretically be a TVA somewhere? And then, with, I, think, I, yeah. I don't want to spoil anything with Eternals, because I don't think Matt or Charles here have seen it. No. There are some beings out there that are extremely overpowered. I'd like to see uh, what Ultron did with those beings. I want to talk about that in the next episode, or uh, the in episode 9 of What If 2, when we get to that. But but anyone else thoughts about episode 8, What If Ultron 1? Well, I just have a, a, like a question, or like a thought, but... Is- Loki, when they go to the TVA, doesn't one of the guys open like a desk drawer and there's a bunch of Infinity Stones? Yeah. Yep. Okay, so when Ultron got the Infinity Stones, did he get it from a different universe? And was he trying to use it in another universe and the stones didn't work or something? Because I'm getting confused on that. There was like some weird thing with the finale where they tried to destroy one of his stones and he's like, oh, you fool. These will only destroy the stones in your universe, not mine. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's iffy. It's weird. But there's a, that's a question I had, too. He goes from universe to universe to universe. Why doesn't he ever think of taking the Infinity Stones from all these universes? You know, plot convenience. I, I guess that's fair. I mean, it would be very OP. Um, yeah. But yeah. Yeah. Bottom line is, Ultron becomes so powerful that not even the Watcher himself can stop him. At the last scene of the episode, he's going to need help, which transitions to the final episode. Yeah, and I, I guess I should have specified, too, I really liked what they did as well with Black Widow and Hawkeye finding Zola from, like, all the way back in... Uh, uh, Fal- Civil Fal- War. Yeah, Civil War. Oh, like, that was so cool. Or, no, not, uh, no not, not even Civil Winter War. Soldier. Uh, Winter Soldier. I thought that was a really cool throwback. They used oh, yeah. Zola's AI. But yes, they, they do then lead into what if the Watcher broke his oath, in which the Watcher recruits this corrupted doctor strange and they make their own team guardians of the multiverse i think they're called it's pretty much a who's who of the entire series what if like you know they get party thor they get captain carter they get killmonger Killmonger. i I, go over how dirty they do iron man in every episode i think we like kind of (laughs) over like looked at he dies every second that he gets on screen for the most part (laughs) and especially in the finale the Watcher goes to Gamora, and he's like, what about me? And it's like, no. That was another thing, too. That threw me off so much when she, when she went to uh, Thanos Gamora. I actually stopped watching and made sure I didn't skip an episode. I was like, what? Wait, what? Why are we doing the Thanos Gamora in, like, a random bit part? Why wasn't there an episode for this? Maybe that's in season two. Maybe. My biggest problem with the Guardians of the Multiverse is, like, we're really supposed to believe this is the best? Party Thor? And, like, <laughs> Captain Carter? Well, I guess you could say they didn't get the Eternals because the movie didn't come out yet. <laughs> I guess, I guess. They basically did this just to wrap up season one. Yeah. That's literally yeah. the whole reason. You gotta suspend disbelief a little bit, and if you do that, it's pretty cool. I Personally, I really thought the fight scenes were, were really, really cool in this episode. Like, they put Zola on an arrow and, like, throw him off a motorcycle and and like, oh, just all these really powerful characters you never see interact actually interact in. How they get the zombies in there. Really, really cool stuff. And it's just so great to see Ultron again after so long. Like, he's such a cool villain for this series to end on. Or it's season to end on. Yeah, I think it was a solid way to end season one. Even though it's a bit gimmicky, I'll admit that. Mm-hmm. Although one part that I was a bit confused with, what was the point of having that one moment where Killmonger was going to betray them, but then the next thing you know, he just forgets it? Like, was there even a point to that? Yeah, he's just like, surprise, I'm going to betray you. And then it's just like, oh. Well, it's a good thing we trapped him in this pocket dimension. It's like, what? <laughs> and now Doctor Strange is set to, like, protect that pocket dimension. 
<laughs> Which also has me wondering, can he technically throw that pocket dimension inside the mirror dimension? And, like, wouldn't it just stay there? Does he actually have to watch it, or can he, like... Yeah, why, why can't they just destroy it? Also, my poor dude, Doctor Strange, has to just chill for the rest of eternity watching two people stare at each other. Writers, what are you trying to tell us? Well, I mean, Doctor Strange messed up so much that he destroyed his, like, world. So I guess That's like, true. I, I guess that's a fair punishment. He, he's killed trillions like, in his about- own arrogance could you see that dr strange coming to like a movie a well, new avengers movie or something i will say i heard rumors a while back that there are gonna be characters from what if in the next dr strange movie multiverse of madness Ooh. that there's gonna be characters from what if in that like peggy carter and stuff i'm not sure I, they're just rumors could totally be false but uh, that's what people are saying might happen so maybe we will see them in the future I think That's it would be really cool. cool to see some of these characters again. Yeah, I would like it. It would definitely make a nice tie into the MCU as a whole. Yeah, true. So yeah, that's all nine episodes. How would you guys rate this show out of ten? Charles, we'll start with you because you're the guest. Okay, so okay, I'm not going to give it a ten out of ten because I didn't think it's like every episode was amazing. So I'll give it like seven and a half out of ten. So that's very generous. Yeah, you know, I'm a generous guy. I will give it a six. I'll give it, it a seven. It, I'm hovering around a six. Between a five and a six, but probably closer to six. Yeah, I feel like five is like that middle ground where yeah. it's like, it wasn't good, it wasn't bad, but I thought it was good. Yeah, I don't bad. I don't think it's quite five. Maybe like a 5.7. Yeah. <laughs> Might as well round that up. Yeah, yeah. round it up. <laughs> I was about to say, a full six is being generous coming from you, Matt. Yeah, like, I feel like it doesn't deserve a five, but then... My, another part of me says, no, Matt, it totally does deserve a five. Like, you heard me complaining this whole episode. The episodes I liked, I really liked. Like, I really liked the Doctor Strange one. The finale was pretty strong. I really liked the Ultron one. But every other episode was either just okay or I didn't like. So, yeah, maybe it's like a five out of ten for me. But I feel bad because I don't want to put it in the same ballpark as Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which I absolutely couldn't stand. Maybe there's an alternate universe where Mad actually likes all these episodes and gives like a 10 out of 10. <laughs> yes, there is. There definitely is. What if Matt actually enjoyed what if? <laughs> and hey, I-, I will say it's not over yet. Maybe season two will blow me away and I'll move up. That'd That's be- going to be interesting yeah. to see what season two like is about. Yeah. 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 So overall, I liked what if. I guess I still prefer Loki because it has a more linear plot. Yeah. Whereas what if just gives us more different scenarios that really don't have an overarching plot until the last three episodes i guess so i guess i i prefer more linear shows but i still enjoyed what if for what it was i i also want to ask you guys what did you think of the animation because again this is the first like animated mcu project yeah i liked it i thought it was good yeah 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 i'm very picky with animation yeah but it wasn't amazing yeah, I was going to say, I, it, sometimes it looked like a Walking Dead cutscene or something like that. But I thought it was pretty cool. Again, I thought the fight scenes were really animated well. So props to that. Yeah, it had its moments where it was good. It had its moments when it was bad. But all in all, I'd say it was pretty decent, the animation. But what about all you people that are listening right now? What do you think of What If? Did you love it? Did you hate it? Or did you find it average? Let us know on our Discord server. A link will be provided, as always, along with the link to our Instagram page, at Geeks Crossing. Continue to support us on all available platforms such as Anchor, Spotify, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and now Amazon Music and Audible. Yes, two more platforms to hear our geekiness. And thank you, Charles, for joining us on this discussion. Thanks again for having me. Be sure to tell your friends and family about us, especially all the Marvel fans in your life. 
And if you're less in the mood for Disney Plus and TV shows and more in the mood for some high-quality video games, head on over to Twitch, where you can catch Nick and Keith at CryptoLock Gaming and at Nuclear Bacons, respectively, as well as our perpetual failed microphone guest star, Tyler, at Carrot Bite Gaming. So show them some love. They're always playing some fun games. Um, so, yeah. And more importantly, stay true to your geek selves.